Welcome to the Boston Knotlight. We're Nina Fister and Lauren Gill, co-founders of MAGPR, a local boutique agency helping emerging brands and influencers gain exposure, build community, and achieve growth through public relations efforts. Each month, our Boston Knotlight podcast features candid interviews with local women entrepreneurs who are making it happen. Our guest today is Liz Teresa, business mentor and founder of LizTeresa.com, who has been helping entrepreneurs find clarity and uniquely market themselves with confidence for the past seven years through her strategic website design and clever copywriting services. Liz wants every entrepreneur to rise and be the star of their own business. She's also the creator of Concept to Creation, her flagship branding and web design program that you can download uh, a free copywriting training video from her at freecopyvideo.com. So that was a tongue twister. But Liz, thanks so much for joining us today. I, I like to challenge people <laughs> with my bio. It's that tongue twist. It's you're like clever copywriting. <laughs> I'm like Trixie copywriting. <laughs> well, thanks again for coming all the way from the South Shore to hang out with us here in the city today. Yeah. Um, we're really excited to explore your best practices on copywriting for sales growth. But before we jump in, uh, we would love to just kind of get a little bit more about your journey and your story to uh, with regards to entrepreneurship and really the inspiration behind, you know, why you got started. So this is such a, I love telling people my story. I'm all about the stories. And especially if you're listening and you're wondering about copy, like if you're telling a story, you're doing half of it right is another thing that I would say. But for me, I never knew I was going to do business because I actually studied English and theater arts in college. So I was more like, you know, da, 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 jazz hands. Like I was never like the type that I, I actually, I felt that sales was only like if you bought Avon from your friends or like, that's how I pictured sales and marketing. Yeah. And when people like said those things, I never had a positive association until I was in graduate school and I went to, I went to grad school at Bridgewater state for English. And while I was there, it was during like, It was during a time that the economy was absolutely terrible. And so my parents had owned a business at the time. And so they were like, Liz, like, we need you to figure out how we can get more sales. And I was like, who am I to do that? I'm like, I do the acting thing. I was doing, like, film stuff at the time at Bridgewater. And I was studying English, so I was like, what do I know? Um, So at this time, too, just to give you context, Twitter was just invented in 2009. And I was in grad school in 2010 and 2011. So I actually was like, I'm just going to Google marketing and just see what happens. And I started following a company called Marketing Profs. Have you ever heard of them? Yes. yes. They're yeah. local and so amazing. I'm, I'm obsessed with yeah, them. Yeah, they're awesome. And so I just really started reading everything I could because I was a reader mm-hmm. first. Um, and so I started reading everything I could about marketing. And then I was like, oh, hey, this isn't so bad, right? Like, I could help my parents. And yeah. so I started doing social media marketing. Um, and then I realized, you know, like, as time passed, I was like, oh, wait, like, you know, your social media and all of your all of the marketing that you do is only as effective as where you're driving the traffic. So then my, my intention and my focus really went to websites. Which is so weird because I used to make them for fun, like when I was little. But I swear I was very cool. Like you would have still maybe been friends with me in high school. Like you would have, I you wouldn't know that that's what I did because I was a theater kid. But like I'd go home and make like fan websites about TV shows that I liked because I I that's wasn't adorable. I wasn't invited out to parties. Yeah, I was a late bloomer. But I, I that was kind of what it is. And so I was like, oh hey, you know, I make websites anyway. And when I tried to go get a job in marketing, you always need three to five years experience. And of course I was like, I have like three to five minutes and, and Twitter was only just invented. So it was impossible to compete. Right. So 
my mom just told me, and my mom, of course, an entrepreneur with my dad, she was like, you don't need permission to go help the people that you want to help. And I was like, I want to help women in business. So I'm just going to go find women who are doing business and go help them. And then that's kind of how like Liz, Liz Teresa started. Yeah. Um, as I just decided to. That's amazing. Yeah. And how, could you mind me asking how old you were when, um, when that all, when you officially kind of created your personal brand? 23. Good for you. Thank nice. you. That's, that's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Thanks. That's great. So everybody who's listening has challenges, right? If they're trying to build a business, mm. what's one major challenge to date that you've experienced and managed to overcome? So I, I like, I think about my divorce was kind of the first thing that came to mind. Even though that's a personal challenge, I was still running my business while it was kind of going on. And I think knowing, knowing a couple things about your business that brought me comfort is that like your brand is a living document. And your business is a living document. And when you think about living documents, they're apt to change. Mm-hmm. And so they change in response to, like, what your customers are facing. But they also change into response. And they can they should be able to adapt to what you're facing. And so what was so crazy about going through my divorce, which was, like, it was by far, that was 2015. It was, like, the most painful time in my life. Like, it was just, like, I, it was the worst. You wouldn't recognize my energy that you yeah, get now. I imagine. As a very different human. Um and what actually really brought me so much through that was my business. Yeah. And so it was, that's really interesting. And then I would say on the business side of the things that I think can really trip you up, and this is kind of taking us in a different direction from the personal, but my other thought is that the scariest thing in business is that I think people get afraid to change. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're, you get so used after you've been doing it a little bit, you might plateau and you might get comfortable. Um, and that's actually really dangerous because you have to change, you know, especially in marketing and people get so freaking afraid and I get it. And so I guess I would just say, Oh my gosh, do the thing. And if you're afraid you're doing it right. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's great advice. Mm -hmm. Um, so now kind of jumping into our topic of, of the day, um, with regards to copywriting and, you know, quote unquote words that sell, mm-hmm. can you share with our audience your process there and some best practices to help anybody who's struggling to produce creative and, and or persuasive content? In yeah. Yeah. No, that's so good. Um, and this is actually where my English degree came in handy because when you write English papers, you always have to argue. And so yes. this is my very... Totally. Thin thread that connects that thesis and hypothesis. Yep. Oh, God. It's kind of the same. (laughs) Although it's wicked headache, right? But you can kind of think about sales in a similar way as far as, like, you have to be persuasive. Um, And what I always say to people is that people, your customers, will always pursue the avoidance of pain over the pursuit of pleasure. So people will always try to buy something if, if there's enough urgency, like you go to the doctor when you're sick, you don't go to prevent sickness. It's kind of the same mindset. Yeah. Um, and so in terms of like approaching your copywriting, and I would actually say that the same rule applies to sales conversations when you're talking to somebody on the phone. Yeah. If you show more empathy and you're talking about their actual problem, it doesn't make you Debbie Downer to do that. It just makes you really like somebody that's taking the time to understand them. And that's what goes a long way to creating the like, like, no and trust thing. Whenever we say like, no and trust, the trust is because, you know, like they'll buy from Liz Teresa because Liz Teresa is like, 
saying the things, you know, that her customers get, mm-hmm. right? So people come to me and they're like, I have major website shame. I don't drive traffic there because it's embarrassing. Um, and I want people to have websites so cool that they want to tattoo it to their face. <laughs> but I always say temporary tattoo because you might change your mind later. <laughs> that's like what change I usually is say. important. Change is so important. But that's yes. like kind of what it is. So um, it's so about getting into the head of your target customer and understanding um, what their woes are and, spe- and being as specific as possible about that so going a little deeper there yeah um what is the first step to getting in the head of your target customer because I think that marketers us included with public relations too you know one of the the things that we're always saying to our clients from a marketing perspective is who is your target audience Mm -hmm. and I think a lot of business owners not so much the clients we're working with but probably folks that you're working with because they're very early on I would imagine if they're building their site and they're really building their brand for the first time they're they're probably saying to you how do we know right And, and so can you talk to us a little bit about what testing the market would look like even if it's just from a copywriting standpoint Oh, I mean, like, I think my first instinct is to talk to my customers. And I actually think it's not something that's, like, one and done. Mm-hmm. It's something that you have to do, as, I mean, as much as you can tolerate yeah. <laughs> or have time for. But, like, I mean, the last time I even did market research by, like, doing market research interviews with my audience, it was two years ago. And I'm, like, I'm overdue to talk to them again and say, what's your problem? Um, yeah. Because they'll tell you. And are you, you know? doing surveys? Are you doing one-to-one phone calls, all of the above, email campaigns where you're asking for responses? What does that look like for you? Surveys and interviews. And so, like, the way that I get people to do the interview thing is I usually give, like, a $15 Liz Teresa gift card, which $15, what does that really get you? But, like, right? But people like coupons. And five so, minutes of your time. Five minutes of your time. And so I'm like, yeah. that way they show up to do the call. Yeah. Um, and I also have somebody on my team who's not me do it because so many of my clients are personally invested in me and they, like, love me. Yeah, they don't so, want to offend you. Right. Yeah. So if I'm, like... What do you hate about me? They'll be like, oh, my God, we love you. But if they tell my assistant, they're like, she's so annoying. She talks all the time. I mean, they would never, they would never say that, but yeah, I no, want I them to feel comfortable. Yeah. yeah. Totally. That's great. Thanks. Yeah. That's really good. Um, so what do you believe some are some of the common derailers that hold business owners back from creating content that converts? I think the worst thing that I see happen, and this is like a disease that happens all the time, is that business owners will always look to their competition to be like, well, what are they saying? Like, how do I sound more like them? Well, their about page has a graph on it. Do I need a graph on my about page? Like, they get really stuck in the minutiae of like... Granular details. Yeah, it gets so crazy. And that's the very thing that's going to totally do... That will derail you. You'll go way off the tracks, you know? Um, Like, because if you are – that's why I always try to say, and I say this too for myself because I'm not perfect, right? Um, I get aggravated that I'm not further than I'm where I am all the time. And I think if you're not – if you were not relating to that statement, I mean, oh, my goodness, you're not an entrepreneur. I think every entrepreneur feels that way. Yes. You Mm -hmm. know? We all want to be Oprah tomorrow. Amen. Right? And we're not. Yeah. Even Oprah wasn't Oprah tomorrow. She took a really long way. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say really be careful about looking at your competition and assuming that you have to emulate everything that they're doing. And I would say even better, never look at them like, I'm not even sure who my competition is. I don't know. I love that. We always say keep our eyes on our own paper. Mm -hmm. That's our mantra. Yes. Um, 
I think that's really interesting, though, from a website perspective, because mm-hmm. when we did ours, one of the things I did do was I did not go and look at websites I liked. Yeah. I looked at other PR firm sites, and I actually pulled out all the things I didn't like. That's good. And that really helped us because mm-hmm. I brought that to Lauren, and you know, I do, I do a lot of our marketing. She does a lot of our sales. Mm-hmm. And I, um, I was looking at these sites, and I was saying, what is not, what does not feel like us? Mm-hmm. And that actually helped me narrow down the visual of how to describe what we were looking for to, to our designer at the time. And she was like, you know, wow, this is actually a really interesting approach because I usually have people bringing me things that they like that they want to emulate. Right. And you're bringing me all the things that you hate. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I just don't yeah. want these things. Everything else is kind of on the table to test, but, like, these are the things that I don't like. So I think it's it's definitely interesting to not – you don't want to copy others, right? But I think knowing – it's hard to know what you want when yeah. you're in the thick of it. Well, and I, I ask a similar question on my questionnaire. So there's like an intake survey if somebody hires me for a website. And yeah. I say, well, you know, list some sites that you want me to look at and tell me specifically what you like and what you don't like. Mm-hmm. But so, so as to be careful, they're, they're, I do need to be careful there yeah. too because I don't want them to go and be like – I mean, I've had people be like, oh, I saw you made X website, yeah. like this person's website. I want that. I'm like, you can't just, it's not a burger. Like, you can't just, like, <laughs> order that. Yeah. I'm like, I create websites that will feel mm-hmm. like you and will sound like you and will attract your people. That's yeah. what I do. Yeah. And I say that to the people, and then they, they come around to that. But originally, they're like, I want one of those. And I'm like, oh, it's not how it works. <laughs> I know. And it's so, like, even, like, brand, like the color palettes, I mean, everything you yeah. want to feel like you. You know, and it's so hard to capture that. And so I'm very pink and gold. <laughs> yeah. No, you can do you it. Do. You're very smart. It's a tough job, though. But I feel like <laughs> I see what our designer goes through, too, that, we, yeah. that we've used in the past. And it's just like, God bless you, girlfriend. <laughs> a like, job would not be for me. you got to be careful who you work with. Yes. That's well, a you need conversation for another <laughs> podcast. That's <laughs> absolutely true. <laughs> yeah, that's the hardest thing, though, is yes. being able to articulate your vision to somebody. So you being able to pull that out of people is a gift, really. Someone called me intuitive once as if I was special, but I'm like, maybe because like I I do, I've done it so long that I probably have some level of intuition about what people feel and how to make something feel like a person that takes some artistic ability. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that because you're a content creator, you probably also have a, you're, you have a way with words, right? So if yes. someone's actually explaining a vision to you, you probably can capture it more quickly than someone who's just super artistic with design. Yeah. Because yeah. I think if you can visualize the brand mission, the story, and then kind of come up with a you, visual You're story. selling me really well right now. Well, no, no truly, <laughs> truly, like, that's, yeah. that's an attractive kind of piece yeah. because most graphic designers or web designers are just that's all they do. I always say it's very easy to find a good designer. Yeah. Because there's a lot of designers that are capable of making beautiful things. Correct. Mm -hmm. But it's harder to find a good designer that also understands, you know, business strategy and communication. No, 100%. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So rapid rapid fire fire time. Woo. All right. I'm ready. What is one of the things you would put on your bucket list? Oh, like, oh, I want to go to Japan and have sushi. That's okay. We get Japan a lot. We do. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. I felt special. Who's your favorite superhero? <laughs> Wonder Woman. Morning or night person? Night. Describe yourself in three words. Bubbly, funny, and pink. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite movie quote? Oh, my gosh. One? That is a hard one. 
Sorry. Uh, <laughs> in the context of business, show me the money. <laughs> yeah. I say that at least once a week. Um, describe, uh, sorry, what's your biggest addiction? Ooh. I would say I go to Zumba every Saturday, which doesn't sound like an addiction, That's a but very I, good addiction. I, I love the crap out of it. <laughs> love it. Yeah. Okay. What celebrity annoys you the most? Oh, um, Kelly Rip is really annoying. And I really don't like Michael Strahan, and I'm the only person in the world who doesn't. And I'm really sorry. <laughs> sorry like, to throw them <laughs> um, What would you do with your 15 minutes of fame? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, I would. Well, I'd say hi to my mom probably on TV, Aww. and um, and I'd be and I'd probably tweet it and do all. Of, I'd probably be busy sharing it and not actually say anything on the camera. <laughs> that's probably what I would be doing. Be like doing an Insta story. Be like, look, guys, he's here. Oh my god! All right, you're done. Great you job. Survived. Well, since our time is, is almost up. <laughs> the seat is uh, hot. <laughs> you, you've like been an <laughs> We would love for you to leave us with one final piece of advice for any new entrepreneurs out there. Oh, okay. This is a good one. Um, if you are if you think about the way that your business is right now today, mm-hmm. and if there is a part of your business that's making you feel like it's itchy or it's no longer resonating with who you want to become and what you, your future holds, I want you to actually stop just being itchy about it and scratch it. And as in, I want you to talk it out and write it down. So whatever part of your business is being weird and you're not addressing it, I want you to address it. I love that. Shed the skin. Awesome. Yes. That's great. So can you also share just your website and your handles in case anybody wants to get in touch with you following this session? Yeah, everybody, buy everything. It's LizTheresa.com, L-I-Z-T-H-E-R-E-S-A. I'm at LizTheresa on Instagram, um, and you can download a free copywriting training video at freecopyvideo.com. Amazing. Well, thanks again. We'd also like to thank our session sponsor today, Wanderlush Boston, a local women-owned bartending and catering company that offers handcrafted cocktails that are made from high-quality spirits and the freshest garden-to-glass ingredients. Wanderlush makes many of their own ingredients, including syrups and hand-squeezed juices. They also offer a local wine and craft beer selection that's sure to suit your event. We hired them recently, actually, to staff our growth event here at WeWork last month and they totally exceeded our expectations they were phenomenal so from the gorgeous setup to uh jessica who was our top-notch bartender on site delicious drinks yeah we were blown away Mm -hmm. um you can learn more about their professional bartenders and event catering packages for your next party that now includes food platters as well by visiting www.wanderlushboston.com